Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Lisa Smazarski, Editor-in-Chief of Stylist. And I'm Alex Walker, Editor-at-Large. And together, we are your brand new work wives. Consider us the background noise to your PowerPoint presentation. The support you might need to get through a working day. Or the distraction. Yep, definitely that. Welcome to Working From Home with Stylist. Coming up in today's episode, we're finding ways to help your career during this uncertain time. We'll be finding out what life after normal people looks like with entertainment director Helen Bonus's top TV picks. Stylist columnist Billy Battier is joining us to discuss her fears about leaving lockdown and heading back to some sort of real life. And Stacey Dooley will tell us all about how she's been getting on working from home. One of the things that has been playing on my mind this week is my need to plan. As you know, Alex, I am not down with the spontaneous. <laughs> which this, this We talk of, of understatements <laughs> and then there's that sentence. I'd love to be. I mean, this is a totally separate subject, but I would love to be spontaneous. Imagine just doing things on the cusp. No, no, my diary is one that is generally planned up months in advance and actually when I was like writing... six months in advance <laughs> yeah. when I was writing my Ed's letter actually this week I did calculate I had a look back to see how many weekends I would have had free between March and July I had life been going on as normal and there were none none I had no weekends free and actually that stressed me out a bit you know I'm, I'm learning to take a step back but I am a planner and this period of time has been very testing I guess for someone whose psychology is so heavily based on sort of knowing what's coming up, planning out my time, you know, just understanding what the world's going to look like and what next steps I'm going to take in it. Whereas I'm the anti-planner, very spontaneous, (laughs) spontaneously sit in front of my TV every night with a different box set, who knows which. But I do think about how hard if you are a natural planner this this time period must be you know I can't even plan when my next Ocado slot is coming this is it you know and obviously last week we all await the government guidelines because it for people like me that means I can plan my time and of course that's never the outcome is it at the moment you kind of go we don't get the kind of look at the crystal ball to understand exactly the time frame of what our life is looks like over the next year and I find that very stressful because I sort of I talk a lot about my social life and joke about that which I do plan but that isn't just about that that's about work it's about my own career goals I like a little map to my life and to understand what's happening and I think the unpredictability of the whole climate and work climate as well is very tough if you are built like I am which is to understand every next step 
It's funny, yeah, this this week we asked uh, the stylist audience via social what it was they feared most about life after lockdown, which we'll talk a little bit more about in a minute. But one thing that really struck me was how many people are genuinely fearful about what the future of their career will look like, whether or not that's the future of their industry. Is there a future in their industry when we know that life is going to change so much? Is it them personally? Will there be room for them in their company when obviously companies are going to have to make major changes? So I think for most people, however much we might be, you know, focused on that day's sourdough or that day's, you know, new box set binge, there is this low level hum of anxiety for so many people about what the future of their careers will be. We always talk about when we have tackled articles around anxiety in the past that stylist is about what you can control and what you can't control. And I guess really this is a another form of anxiety. It's a collective career anxiety that we're feeling at the moment. So I decided to ask the co-author of Squiggly Careers and career expert Sarah Ellis to give us some achievable ways to take control over our careers during this time. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. We've been talking about the lack of control people are feeling around their careers. As someone who has spent the last couple of years immersed in this area, what advice would you be giving to anyone who's feeling that, that concern at the moment? So I think it's really natural to feel that way. So firstly, don't worry if that's how you are feeling because you'll be feeling, you know, lots of people will be feeling like that right now. Just don't don't put pressure on yourself. But if you do want to spend some time learning and specifically in relation to your career, I would think about start investing in your strengths. I'd always recommend spending 80% of your time making your strengths stronger and 20% of your time kind of making sure that you're good enough in terms of your weaknesses. And to start thinking about that in terms of what that looks like, I would really think about what would you like to spend even more time and energy on? What do you really enjoy about the work that you do? And what would it take to be even better at that? So start with your strengths, but don't feel a pressure to kind of learn a new skill. It's interesting you say that because I think a lot of people are thinking about pivoting at the moment. Maybe this is the time to reinvent, to do something quite radical. What's your thoughts on that? I would start by almost reflecting on like why you want to make that change. One thing that I always find really helpful to think about is reflect on your career so far and think about your must-haves, your nice-to-haves and your must-nots. And I think often your must-haves and your must-nots are kind of easier because they're a shorter Mm -hmm. list and they're kind of either end of the scale. And your nice-to-haves become more of your wish list of all the things that you would really like to have in terms of how you work, where you work, what you work on. And then really prioritise that nice-to-have list because that will be a longer list. There are two reasons why that's a really helpful exercise. One is it helps to propel you in the direction of the things you really want to be spending your time doing versus getting attracted by what I often call shiny objects. Mm. And those lists of must-haves and nice-to-haves just make you just stop, pause and reflect based on all the things you know about yourself in your career so far. The second thing, and I think stylists have done some really good work on this, is about avoiding comparison culture. Mm. So I think it's easier than ever to think about the careers that we should have, that we could have, what we're meant to do next. And I think if you have really grounded 
where you'd like to go, what you'd like to explore in terms of your possibilities next. And they'll be really different to other people's. Like, Try and make sure you've come up with your own definition of what spending your time at work successfully looks like. And I think if you can really ground your decisions in, in that, in, in kind of you and the things that really motivate and drive you, what we often describe as your values, that's a really good place to start because otherwise you can end up leaping without looking I guess. Mm. One of the big concerns I suppose is for people on furlough or people heading back into unstable industries of which obviously there are quite a few at the moment. What is the advice that you would give them in terms of taking control of their career? Any practical steps that you would give? Yeah I think firstly just don't forget to do the basics brilliantly. Now this is usually not top of people's to-do lists but things like making sure that your LinkedIn is up to date, Mm. making sure that your CV is up to date Mm. and and actually just really thinking about do both of those things reflect your strengths and the things that you want to stand for and updating your LinkedIn or your CV is never people's like favourite task. So I think if now is when you have a little bit more time even if you think I'm going to do one thing to update my LinkedIn profile each day for a week. If you think about it, if you did five things over the course of a week, you could sort your photo out, get a really good summary, maybe ask for one or two recommendations, make sure your experience is up to date, and then you're sort of done. Just get those things in place so that when perhaps you're faced with then wanting to start applying for roles or thinking about what next, you don't have to do that as well. Mm. For people who... might be thinking about e-learning or taking some sort of course you know not necessarily that they've got a huge amount of time but is there anything that you would recommend to people actually think you know have got a little bit more time this this is a good way to spend it yeah sometimes I think there's almost so much out there that people Mm. people get a bit stuck in terms of where do I start so the first question I would ask yourself is what do I want to learn and why I think it is easier than ever now to create your own curriculum for learning so that's why I would, I'd always kind of start with like, almost have a bit of fun with what do I want my curriculum for learning to look like right now? And then I would think about how do you learn best? Because I sometimes think uh, we often default to courses and we run courses. So that's that's good and that people still enjoy doing virtual learning and virtual workshops. But I think for some people, it might be about really absorbing yourself in a book. For other people, it could be about joining Instagram Lives in more of a kind of live learning environment. And podcasts can be a brilliant way to learn. So you have um, quite an exciting new series coming up as well, which I think actually for anyone who finds themselves in this position, will challenge them to ask themselves some questions about what they want from their future career. Yeah, so we're launching a new six-part series called Ask the Expert. And we've selected six experts from around the world to really focus on one skill in detail that we think everybody kind of needs to really focus on right now so we've got Martha Lane Fox talking about resilience we've got Simon Sinek talking about purpose we've got Rich Pearson who's the co-founder of Headspace talking about meditation which is definitely something I need to get better at Mm, me too (laughs) they're really short so they're sort of 10 12 minute podcasts and we just focus on that kind of one topic and we're really hearing from somebody who knows kind of and lives and breathes that topic inside out yeah I mean those people sound absolutely fantastic actually so I'm looking forward to listening to that myself finally a lot of this is about feeling we can control some parts of our career and our future are there any things that you think we should park not think about at all we can't control them we should just focus on ourselves what what would you recommend leaving behind at this point I don't advise avoiding I would 
I would understand and I would try and appreciate. The thing that I think that you can do is think about scenario planning or kind of what's sometimes described as like what if planning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could look at your industry or the way that you work at the moment, perhaps if you're a freelancer or perhaps if you're in an industry that you think is going to be really impacted and think, what are some of the possible scenarios that might happen in mm. the next six to 12 months? And actually, it might sound bizarre, but sometimes by working through things like worst case scenarios and then bringing it back to yourself, okay, and if that did happen, what would I do? What mm. could I do? What's kind of my backup plan? What's my best case scenario? What's everything in between? Actually, by thinking about those things through, you take things out of your control and you make them in your control. You think about, well, what are the actions that I can take if those things which I can't control do actually happen? So I think don't be afraid to do that kind of almost hypothesizing. Mm. And actually, when we look at the people who are the most adaptable and the businesses that are most adaptable, that's one of the things that they do brilliantly. They do that kind of what if planning. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Lisa. I really love those points. The thing that really strikes me is this idea of confronting your your what ifs head on to kind of write them down, work through them and have a really logical plan of how you tackle everyone. The thing that my dad has taught me that's probably my favourite thing is that he's got this way of making you feel like there's always a plan, there's always a solution to any problem. And hearing her talk about the effect it can have when you don't have a plan has made me realise what a useful useful Mm. thing that my dad's given me thanks Greza (laughs) overall I thought from all of Sarah's advice actually there's the idea of very small things that you can do that make a difference and I can imagine that for all of us feeling a little bit out of control you know even just going I'm going to dedicate 20 minutes half an hour every day just doing a small positive thing whether that's my LinkedIn account or a bit of e-learning or listen to a podcast that helps me would be genuinely useful You can find more good advice from Sarah and her colleague Helen Tupper in their book Squiggly Careers, their podcast by the same name or on their website amazingif.com. I think we can probably all agree that the past fortnight is probably going to be known as normal people fortnight. It is the best thing I've seen in ages. In fact, I'm eking it out I just can't bring myself to watch it all in one go because I'm enjoying it so much I finished it last night did you don't tell me what happened I I, I, honestly I want weeks and weeks of this stuff honestly need to discuss it fully with somebody you're gonna have to Um, find someone else I'll find someone else I'm not your person let, let me know when you are my person I've got thoughts many many thoughts One of my favourite things about the obsession, the unanimous obsession, is our columnist, Billy Battier, and she's launched an Instagram account, which, you know, people may be following, called Connell's Chain. Last time I looked, it had almost 40,000 followers. (laughs) It's more now. It's insane. And he's talking about it in interviews as well. So he's, he's, um, in fact, I think he's actually following the account, which I think she nearly died. Destroy Billy forever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's, there is normal people mania. There really is. I mean, I, I do feel like I'm going to be bereft once it's gone because it's been really filling a gap and I don't know what to watch because obviously we've had this brilliant April of TV and it's all looking a bit quiet right now so I've asked Helen Bonus, Stylist Entertainment Director to come and join us and tell us how we should be filling the void. Hi Helen how are you today? Hello I'm very well how are you? Yeah, you know excited to hear what's going to be replacing our Connell and Marianne obsession. 
I don't know if anything will can really replace it because it's so excellent. But there's plenty of shows that are out at the moment. Well, that have that have been out about love, about you know the intensity of first love. So my first one is the very aptly called Love which is on Netflix. It's set in LA. It's about um, an ostensibly sort of mismatched duo. He's this sort of nice guy geek. She's this really cool, free-spirited girl. They're both very damaged. They're loaded with baggage. And it's all about if they should get together. And it's just this really realistic depiction of love, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and who stars in that? It's Paul Rust and Gillian Jacobs. Ah, oh, yes. She was in Community, wasn't she? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next is The L Word. This is one of those sort of proper retro dramas. Mm. And it's, you know, how often do you see dramas about lesbian women? Not very often. The L Word started in 2004 and then it got a new iteration last year and it's become a real cult show and for good reason it's about the lives and the loves of a group of queer women in los angeles and it shows them in all their flawed brilliance i just think it's so important that we widen the lens of whose love stories get told on telly and this is an excellent example plus there's six seasons to get stuck into oh that's good I like something with a bit of length. Oh, gosh. In the context of this conversation, that was very fruity <laughs> for you, Alex. So next up is The End of the Fucking World. Excuse oh, my swearing. I love this show so much. Just, I mean, you know, from the outside, it's not necessar- it doesn't necessarily sound like a love story. It's just a pitch black coming of age story about a wannabe psychopath who goes on the run with a teenager who's just basically annoyed with life. Um, but she's also beautifully complex. They go on this big road trip. There's murder. There's mystery. There's mayhem. But they form this really beautiful, twisted connection. Like normal people, it's really gorgeously shot. It's sort of more indie. It's a bit more offbeat and more retro looking. But it's ultimately a, a beautiful coming of age story, a beautiful love story. Sort of twisted a bit bit darker bit darker a and lot less, darker less true to real life perhaps yeah yes hopefully less murder and less psychopathing <laughs> but very good next up is never have i ever which i have just watched a whole of on netflix it's excellent it is written by mindy kaling which immediately gets a stamp of approval from me it's about a young first generation Indian girl who is basically not dealing with the grief of the death of her father and falling in love, trying to have sex, trying to be popular, failing at lots of things. But it's really relatable, really funny, really smart, really tender, really everything. And presumably Mindy Kaling, that means it's a comedy. It's a comedy, yeah, with some sort of a few serious moments, but it's very funny, very tender, very sweet. Oh, that sounds nice. I like the sound yeah. of that. Um, and then the final one, I feel like we have to talk about Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I was not what? expecting you, you that. You've me a curveball there. Oh, I love Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek was super earnest in a way that normal people isn't. It also is a lot darker than Dawson's Creek, but we best not forget how emotional Dawson's Creek was. They all felt all their feelings, <laughs> it explored sexuality, it explored drugs, it explored bad girls dying, it explored affairs with teachers, and so, so much love and first-time sex, and will they and won't they? Look, they're quite different, but also so many of the themes are so relatable, and I think 
it's a good one just to dive back into to relive your heady teenage days. How can I watch that again? Because I would watch that again. You look really scathing of Dawson's Creek, Lisa. Look at you judging. What did you watch? Oh, I liked Dawson's Creek at the time <laughs> when I was a child also. I wasn't. I was going to say I was a child. I don't know if you were a bit. Oh, ouch. You can watch it on um, Amazon Prime. Oh. Can I just ask, Helen, have you actually watched this since it was originally on? Have you gone back to it and watched it again? I've watched bits of it, but I haven't watched it since watching Normal People. See, I'm feeling dubious, if I'm honest, that it's going to have lasted the test of time that we as, you know, slightly more mature adults um, are going to look at Pacey and Dawson and pals with the same eyes. I think Pacey will have lasted the test of time. I'm I'm not so sure. (laughs) Dawson? Was he called Dawson? James Vanderbeek. I I don't feel like he's he's lasted any test of time for me. Oh, dear. I, I, I do. I sort of agree, but I think... I think the thing that's important to remember is we weren't really used to seeing young people expressing their feelings in the way that they did in Dawson's Creek. And I think it really set a precedent for showing young people doing that in a lot of ways. All right. You're starting to convince me now. Thank you so much, Helen, for joining us today. We can hope that some of these might fill a Connell and Marianne-shaped hole in our lives. You can find more of Helen's entertainment recommendations on stylist.co.uk. 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Following the government announcements this week, everybody started to think about the next phase of this and and what that looks like, whether or not that might be that they're starting to return to work or that they're starting to see the return to a slightly more normal way of living. And one thing I think it's really thrown up for a lot of people is actually, although we may be desperate to return to our old lives, there are a lot of parts of these new lives that we might feel a little bit anxious to lose. You know, we've been living in these protective bubbles for the last two months, really, and some positives have actually come out of that way of living. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely true for me as well, Alex. I definitely implemented some things that I've been thinking about for years and that's just about carving out moments in my day for me. So I certainly can share that and can see some positives that I've had during this experience of enforced slowdown. Yeah, it's interesting. We actually surveyed the stylist audience via our social channels last week and asked them, if there was anything that they were scared of about the end of lockdown. And we got so many replies. And the interesting thing was that actually so many people have found positives in this period. So whether or not that's, they don't want to go back to this ultra busy lifestyle that they had before, they've managed to carve out a little bit of work-life balance and they desperately don't want to lose that. That was a theme for so many people. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Obviously, uh, over the past 10 years of Silas, we've written so many articles about the cult of busy and busy as a status symbol. And I think that's interesting because actually when we're all forced collectively to put the brakes on that busyness, we can really see that perhaps that isn't as good for us as we thought it was. Yeah, and I think, you know, Next, this week is actually Mental Health Awareness Week. Um, and the theme around it is all around kindness. But what we've really seen is that a lot of people have been kind to themselves. Mm. I think self-care is something that um, so many of the people who did respond referenced. You know, they've taken the time to prioritise prioritize a bit of self-care whatever that looks like for them mm. and suddenly that might be taken away when our when you know we're forced to go back to to how life was before and it's exactly this actually that um I wanted to speak to stylist columnist Billy about because she's written an excellent column this week all about how she thought that this whole period would be terrible for her but on the contrary, she's actually implemented some really positive changes. It's also worth noting that Billy is not just our columnist, but she is also the creator of the Instagram account, Connell's Chain, which is an ode <laughs> to Connell from Normal People's uh, silverware. It's going to be crazy if that's her legacy. <laughs> <laughs> I think she'll be fine with it, to be honest. Uh, she created it a week ago and it's already got 70,000 followers. Uh, so yeah, that's her uh, side hustle right now. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about her column. It's so lovely to have you, Billy. Hi, Alex. I was actually genuinely worried about how you'd cope during this period. But then you told me that you wanted to write this week's column about actually being scared about this time ending and it actually having been quite a positive time for you. Yeah, I think initially um, when lockdown happened, it was kind of like my world as I knew it had totally crumbled because so much of my life was about seeing people and going places and doing things in very public areas. Um, so just kind of being confined to one space was not good for my anxiety. And kind of the only way to handle it was to to form some kind of routine and a routine that I'd never really had before. And as I kind of became more reliant on that routine to get me through lockdown time. I now think I've kind of flipped the switch and I'm on the other end of the spectrum where actually I've gotten quite used to this life and the things that I've been doing in it, like having a routine that involves exercise and, and taking care of myself in ways that I'd had quite neglected before that now I think I'm, I'm worried as to how I, I will maintain that when, when almost like the doors are, release back open. I feel the the same, Billy. I we always joke in the office, don't we, about our social plans and how much we go out and our fellow social butterflies. And actually I have been saying to friends this week, I'm not missing a lot of that. I'm actually quite liking looking after myself. Yeah, I really miss my friends in the sense that I miss seeing 
physically seeing them and and hugging them and chatting to them and you know desperate for a for a little party <laughs> I think on the whole like the the changes that I've made lifestyle changes I guess that I've been forced to make have been overwhelmingly positive that I am nervous as to what that will look like after this so tell me about the lifestyle changes you've made how has that affected your psyche I think I had sort of buried my head in the sand a lot with my health especially after I was um, quite sick with pneumonia and that that should have been the real kind of turning point to to make sure I took care of myself and like I said yeah I think I was in complete denial about it and it, it wasn't until I could see the effect or the respiratory effect on people that were suffering from coronavirus and were losing their lives that I was it was a, a massive wake-up call um to to look after myself so that just meant exercising regularly um and for much longer than the 10 minutes I would probably give myself um eating a balanced diet not snacking although that's very difficult during lockdown and yeah I guess kind of being a bit more responsible. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that it will be difficult for you to sustain this post-lockdown? I guess I'm quite an addictive personality in that I, (laughs) I, as soon as I've got got something in sight that I want to do, which normally is socialising, I just want to do that all the time. And and I'm, I'm worried that I've got so many friends that I desperately want to see that that will take priority over the, the steps I've taken to take care of myself. Because that's more fun, isn't it? Seeing your friends than, than it is taking care of yourself. But I'm trying to change my mindset to realise that I take priority just as much as they do. That's a really interesting point. We talked in last week's episode about prioritising ourselves and maybe that will be one of the positives that come out of this. We're a bit more honest about what we need because when you talk, Billy, I can hear myself in you and I hadn't really thought about it and how you just phrased it, but I'm such a people pleaser. If somebody says... I want to go out. I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, I'll, I'll I'll come out with you then. One of the things that really stuck me from our conversation earlier was Sarah talking about evaluating what's important to you as we head into this next phase. So for Billy, I guess that's about evaluating which of these bits do I want to keep in my life and therefore stick to it and writing that down, knowing, being sure what's really important to you. And of course, she, you know, the advice is always sort of refers to sharing that with your friends, trying to get support from around you where possible, because of course, you're not in this on your own. How about you, Billy? Is there anything that you have started to think about might be something that you want to put in place to help you when lockdown ends, when, when you're out of the bubble? Yeah, there's two things really that I'm, I've been thinking about. One is that I can't, I can't change entirely as a person. Um, so there will be things, there will be obstacles that come in my way when we do revert back to this new normal. So I will never, ever be a, no- um, a morning person. And so I know that when I do try and stick to this routine, I'm not going to get up at 6am and go to the gym or get up and do a home workout, but I will try and go at lunchtime or I will go after work and I will be more, kind of willing to be flexible on on those things than I had been before. And the, the second is um, just to speak to my friends. And what I have been doing is just being really honest with them. And they ha- they've been so incredibly supportive, as all friends would be to, to anyone who was trying to make a positive change. But having those conversations and not internalising them helps helps your worry sort of spread more evenly as opposed to just being this massive spike 
um, during lockdown. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, Billy, and for sparking a very interesting conversation. Thank you very much for having me. If you do feel like you might need a little bit more help and support as we move into the next phase, then do check out some really useful websites. Uh, Anxietyuk.org.uk. Mine's website is always excellent. And No Panic is also brilliant for anybody who is struggling with anxiety. And also there are lots of really useful and interesting articles on our own website, stylist.co.uk. This week, I spoke to everyone's favourite, Stacey Dooley, about how she's been coping with working from home and her thoughts about life after lockdown. Here's what she had to say when I called her earlier this week. So we're into, uh, I think it's week eight of lockdown now. How are you feeling this week? Um, and what have you been leaning on to kind of get you through? Um, I can't believe it's week eight, is it really? Yeah. Wow. Um, do you know what? I'm sort of okay actually um i know everyone else is sort of climbing the walls and everyone's thinking oh god you know when are we going to get back to normal but i'm weirdly all right sort of running along it's actually really unusual for for me to be at home this long just in terms of like being in the uk so i was sort of trying to work it out the other night i think this is probably the longest i've been in the uk for about 10 years wow <laughs> i know isn't that crazy but then you know, you're sort of always wanting what you can't have. So when I was away all the time, which is obviously such a treat, I was desperate to be at home, just to spend some time at home. For someone who is quite ambitious then, which I, sh- you know, you obviously are if you've spent the last 10 years working so so hectically, is it quite nice in a way to almost be forced to sort of, to, to rest? Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly it. I think because we always sort of, sort of flirt with the idea of taking more time off and not always prioritising work and earning, etc. But actually then something else brilliant comes along and, you know, you'd be mad to turn it down. So you just you sort of keep going. So obviously now we've all been forced to just stop. Like, you know, we can't physically leave the house. Um, but yeah, it has been nice as well just to not feel like you've got a thousand things to do and just, you know, not feel guilty for sort of lying on the sofa and binge watching Netflix and eating too much and getting up at silly o'clock. Um, yeah, I've, I've quite enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> How is work? Um, obviously, like you say, your work involves a huge amount of travel. So are yeah. you managing to work from home or have you just kind of put that to the side for now? Yeah, I mean, I've, been, I've been really lucky. So when it was becoming apparent that this was going to be the situation, I thought back in my brain, I thought, you know, I want to do, I want to do something. So I asked the channel, I asked BBC Three if mm-hmm. I could make sort of um, a lockdown heroes piece for them because it is so stressful and there was you know so much sort of anxiety surrounding the unknown but there were so many brilliant people doing remarkable things so I thought is it worth us just sort of reaching out and there was so much you know user generated content like that I was like so we want to sort of try and you know make something make something with this and obviously we had to strip right back so I just had one guy sort of shooting and directing the whole thing um, sort of staying two metres away from me in my flat and then right. we just filmed from my flat and just sort of Zooms and Skypes and FaceTimes everyone all over the country. Um, I'm pleased with it actually. I think it's a really sweet little piece. Um, and yeah, there's some really fucking brilliant people in it. I'm really delighted that people get to see what they're doing. It's overwhelming really. I keep, keep thinking about how many yeah. people are amazing and you know, you, you, yeah. you never get the chance to really realise otherwise but when we're mm. tested how amazing people actually can be. 
it's such a cheesy thing to say, isn't it? It's so predictable, but actually, when you're up against it, you do you do see and actually there are you know, like thoroughly decent people around you. The other thing I think is quite interesting, especially, is is that you've actually managed to pull this off from home with one other person when you think about what normally goes into work. I know they're going to find that they've they've caught us out now. I think it's good as well because it forces you to kind of be a bit more creative and resourceful. So, yeah, I enjoyed the experience, actually. It was good fun. And what is your work setup like at home do you have a space are you doing it in your bedroom the films that are just all in my living room mm-hmm. mine's like tiny i've just got like a two-bedroom flat in london mm-hmm. so it's quite small um even by sort of london standards <laughs> it does feel quite claustrophobic yeah. um, but i sort of don't mind that because i'm sure that's how lots of people are, are feeling at the minute and we haven't got a garden i'd love a garden but um i haven't got a garden just yet but so yeah just just filmed in the living room and now I'm just sort of sat in my bedroom and I'm doing sort of calls and um, bits and bobs like that. Can you imagine what it's going to feel like for you re-entering work and how you might change how you work or are you just desperate to get back to how it was before? Do you know what it has taught me? I mean, I've always been reasonably good at practising gratitude anyway. Like on mm-hmm. the whole, I sort of recognise how you know, bloody lucky I am to do what I do for a living. But I just am so desperate to, to get back to work. You know, the idea of sort of jumping on a plane and going to meet really interesting people, I just find so exciting and I I, I just can't wait. Um, so I think it sort of re-energised, re-energised me. Because, you know, I sometimes can get a bit tired, a bit complacent. But, yeah, it's just kind of um, made me love my, my job, I suppose, a bit more. Once again, it is very nice to hear some positivity. Actually, I really like the fact that Stacey has taken this time to reflect on what she's missing from her life and what she's excited to go back to. Because I think we all have an element of that. Although we talked about our self-care and the things that we've introduced in our life during lockdown that we want to keep, obviously, we really have that opportunity to prioritise what we're missing instead of taking it for granted. It's so true. You can catch more of Stacey's lovely positivity via her excellent BBC Three show, Stacey Dooley Lockdown Heroes, where you can see some really, really inspiring interviews. She's also just about to start a new show, Glow Up, Britain's Next Makeup Stars, which is also on BBC Three, which is the hunt for Britain's Next Makeup Artist. Keeping on some of the lighter matters before we go, Alex, um, I want to ask you the compulsory end of the day questions. What are you eating, drinking and doing this week? Eating, I actually made yesterday. Um, I saw it on Ottolenghi's Instagram and just really fancied it. It was tandoori chickpeas, which is basically you put chickpeas um, and loads of other things that I just happen to have. Lots of chilies, lots of garlic, lots of ginger and a couple of spices. You put it all Mm. in a big pan put it in the oven for an hour and it was really really nice really easy are they crunchy then when they come out no it's less crunchy actually more stewy it's more of a stewed vibe um uh, that was really nice um i'm obsessed with chickpeas anyway because they're so cheap and they're easy to get hold of at the minute um so i've got quite a stockpile so yeah it's a good one i was just gonna say god bless the chickpea do you know what that's from no ha it's from friends is it i've managed to get a reference to friends that you don't know i'm feeling quite proud of myself when as soon as you said chickpea i thought god bless the chickpea and i've just looked it up while you were talking about the recipe it's from series one episode 17 
the one with two parts. Oh, I'm going to have to really get over this and move on. However, <laughs> drinking iced coffees. Um, nice. It's such a tr- Upping your coffee game. Yeah, it's such a treat. Uh, double shot of espresso, bit of milk, bit of ice. Ooh. Lovely. I have a very special glass. Aww. Oh, I like that. The ritual of something. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And basically, it's just any way to get caffeine into my blood at the mm. minute. Um, I would mm. inject it if I could. I've got, I don't know if you're the same, but I've got that, oh, I'm so tired all the time. Mm. Every single yeah. task feels like a mountain to climb. I mean, I do, on average, I think I'm probably drinking about 12 or 13 cups of tea a day. So, you know, I'm just getting my caffeine <laughs> wow. in a different way. <laughs> wow, yeah, okay. I can't quite it top that. It the time. But, um, yeah, yeah. And then doing, okay, I'm going to sound like, a complete grandma here but i'm proud of it cross stitch i have just ordered a cross stitch from stitched this it's called on etsy and basically you get sent a white t-shirt and a little cross stitch pattern i guess to cross stitch some really nice little pansies onto a white t-shirt all for 25 pounds i've wanted to do it for ages it's not even just not for me I'm when in, you no. see me in my white t-shirt with my little with my little pansies on it you'll be jealous I'm sure of it I'll pay you to make one for me <laughs> I'm feeling a bit lazier I think than you this week because I'm th- really thinking about what I can outsource in terms of my life and so eating wise there's a local restaurant near me and one of the things that I've been really enjoying seeing in the local businesses is the ingenuity and the creativity of how they tackle keeping their business open or the restaurant open whilst they're in lockdown so places that wouldn't normally do takeaway and there's one called lions which is a seafood restaurant and they're doing ready meals so it's 34 pounds for two people and what i really like about this is you've got restaurant quality food that you can sort of assemble at home so it's an easy way of putting together something a bit fancy for the price of a regular takeaway for two people really i love that idea I am so bored of cooking, which I never thought I would be. Um, Really, really, really bored of looking at my own fridge. So that sounds really nice. Yeah, I think so. And I think also, you know, the small bits that we can do to support our local businesses and our local high street seems like a, a really sensible way to spend our time and money at the moment so i'm i'm definitely backing them i'll be doing that drinking i want to try something called the fraud shake which i've seen doing the rounds oh, um, yes i've heard about that on insta so this is angie smith who's a stylist to celebrities and uh, she has i don't know if she invented it or if she's just publicizing it but a smoothie which is uh, got spinach mango oat milk, honey, peanut butter and water in and allegedly it tastes like white chocolate. I cannot believe this at all. Just to try it. I'm going to make it just to try it. I've actually been getting really into smoothies this week, like whizzing up lots of fruit that we've got around. A little smoothie bar around the corner from me just opened as well. So I've been... um, getting the hit of vitamin c through them and i have to say it make, made me feel quite perky probably because it wasn't a cup of tea to make it 14 or 15 during the day you, you tell then, yourself that tastes like white chocolate and then come back to me uh yeah i will report back I'm, I'm i'm nervous but i'm gonna give it a go um and then finally doing i'm very excited about this because um on saturday 16th of may it's the women for women virtual car boot sale and women for women are actually stylist charity partner and they support marginalized women and survivors of war around the world and i think um at the moment it's very easy to forget some of those 
global charities and how important their work is. And this would have been the, the car boot sale, the designer car boot sale is one of the biggest fundraisers of the year. And they are putting that on virtually. So this is lots of fashion Easters like Alex Eagle and big brands are selling their amazing designer wares, some of them pre-loved for incredible prices on Saturday. So you can do your bit to support these women around the world, grab yourself a bit of a bargain and pass a bit of time at the same time. All you've got to do is sign up in advance at womenforwomen.org.uk and they'll give you a full list of the amazing things. I know there's a mulberry handbag on there, for example. Yeah, you've told me before about how many amazing things you can, you can snap up there. For more ideas on what to do, what to eat or drink during lockdown, don't forget you can subscribe to Stylist Loves, which is our email at stylist.co.uk forward slash emails. You can also find all of our recommendations in the show notes in the podcast store and also on our website, stylist.co.uk. Please do leave your comments and suggestions and things you'd like to hear more about in the podcast store too. And please don't forget to subscribe to Working From Home with Stylist because next week we will be talking about energy or more specifically why we have absolutely zero energy and how we can get more. I can't wait for next week. I need to know now. (laughs) Thanks again for listening to Working From Home with Stylist. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.